0: on, He is here, Emmanuel. It's not a new thing. It's been going on since the birth of Christ so many hundreds of years ago. But it is important to just stop in this season and recognize that He is in us. Sometimes when we have our disappointments and our disagreements and all of those kinds of things that go on, we forget that He's listening and that He's in us. And he's probably grieved at the things we do and say sometimes, but he's still there. He's faithful. He remains. He never leaves us. I'm so excited to tell you today that Emmanuel is interpreted God with us, God in us. So I want to look at John 14. If you have your Bibles, John the 14th chapter, 16th and the 7th verse. And this 17th verse, and this is Emmanuel, this is Christ, the one who lives in us, and he's speaking to us. And he says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that may abide with you forever. We're talking about gifts today. How many have gotten your gifts ready? All right, you've probably got your gifts. They may not be ready yet. Or you may be scurrying out tomorrow to finish your gift giving but it's a truly a season of gifts. And why do we give those gifts? We give those gifts to, to be like Jesus. You know, Jesus came and gave us gifts. God gave us gifts. Everything is about gifts. And somebody said, uh, my family said, well, we can't get together like normal, so you don't have to bring no gifts. And I said, it can't be Christmas without gifts. I mean, if it if it's from the dollar store, it has to be a gift, because it's a season of gift giving, and it's not the gift, church. We know that, don't we? It's the it's the love behind the gift, and the fact that we care about one another to give those gifts. So, as we read this passage of scripture, it says that Jesus says, "I'm going to send you a gift," and He's going to be a comforter, and He's going to abide with you. And verse 17, this is the gift, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, nor knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Did you ever try to explain your salvation or how you feel about God to somebody and they just, the shades are down? They just look at you and the shades are down because they have no knowledge of the truth that you're speaking. Somebody says, well, that's just a book speaking about the Bible but no it's more than the Bible it's the truth it's the truth the the truth of God revealed in Christ to his people that's why we're here today because we receive that gift of truth and so it's a glorious day a day in which we need to hear he is here we need to be reminded that he is with us I know there's a lot of saints in here that's gone through trials and tribulations this year and even are still in trials and tribulations. But he is with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. It's a journey, church. It's a journey of faith. It's not just a journey of roses and everything is good and pleasable. But it's a journey of trust. It's a journey of faith. It's a journey of going through the hard place and let him reveal himself to us. Because sometimes his answer is not our answer. Sometimes his answer is, go through this. You know, sometimes I always want to go around the mountain. I want to get around it. But he wants us to go through it. So it says, the spirit of truth the world cannot receive. So he dwells with us and shall be in you. Now I want to say to the church this morning, he's in us as much as we recognize him. He's in us as much as we desire him. As much as we want him, he's in us. Somebody said, well, I don't feel him. Well, how much do you want him? You know, it's, it's, it's accordingly to how much we want him. And here's the thing. Down the road, we are going to want him. We're going to go through trials and tribulations. We're going to want him. I want to tell my family this on Christmas Eve when I meet with them. Someday you're going to want him. And he's going to look at you and say, if you want me, why haven't you served me? Why don't you come to my house and why don't you worship me if you, if you want me, if you need me? See, because humanity wants him when they want him, but otherwise they want to do their own thing. And God is calling us to a crucified life, and that's not a happy joy, but that's something that God wants for us. So it's a glorious day. The angels got, the, the shepherds got the message Shepherds weren't supernatural people. Shepherds were people like you and I. We all are working. We we have worked or are working, you know. And they were in their work when the angels of God came and told them that something good was going to happen. And so it's a glorious day. And the message to the shepherds was, and you know it, but it's found in Luke uh, 2, 9 through 12. We read it in our devotional this morning. The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. Verse 10 says, the angel said unto them, and church, if we ever need to hear this message, we need to hear it today. Because there's a lot of fear. Fear is rampant in our world. But here's what the angel said, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be all unto all people, for on this day, you know, is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I don't know about you, but I like everything the way I like it. I mean, even to where things are at in my house, and then they come in clean, and I go like, why didn't they put them right back there? We like everything the way we like it. We're, that's our nature. But, you see, God wants to override our nature. So sometimes he makes things out of place. You know, we know where everything's at, but all of a sudden, how many have gone through a trial this year and you just didn't know what God was doing? And you couldn't figure it out, and every day was a different day, and everything was going on. Well, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill toward men. That's the message. Fear not. Because God is with us. And God gave them a sign, the, the shepherds a sign. And he says, go to the city of Bethlehem. Go to David's city and you'll find a savior. And, you know, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You know, the wealthy gave prestigious kinds of wrappings, silver gold-lined, all kinds of beautiful garments. When they had a child, they wrapped him in that. But no, you will find this king of kings. This is a sign. You will find this king of kings wrapped in swaddling clothes, the poorest cloth of the day, and he will be laying in the manger where the animals eat. We know this, but sometimes we need to stop and look at it because you know what? When we had our children, we wanted to do the best for them. And maybe we didn't even have the monies to do it, but we did it anyhow. Because we loved our children and we wanted to do the very best for them. But Jesus came in a humble way to show us his humility. Even though he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he is the humble servant of his Father God. You know, and he said, the angel said, there's peace and goodwill on earth. I think there's little peace in our world. The peace of the world is very little today. And perhaps the goodwill is not too powerful in our earth. And yet this is what God wanted to bestow upon us, was his peace and goodwill. So could it be that there is not very much glory to God in our earth today. Because everything around us, the government is supposed to be upon his shoulders. We are a nation built on Christian concepts and yet everyone knows that the concepts are no longer Christian and that our world is headed for a, a division from God. So when that happens, there's little glory to God. So when there's little glory to God, there's little peace on earth. And goodwill towards men is, is is you know, sh- stopped because his glory is not revealed. We look at our life over this year. And how many times did we say, God, your glory is revealed to me? Most often we said, where is it? instead of realizing that it's there. It's there in the hardships. It's there in the good times. The peace that was birthed on that day is a peace within our hearts. It's a humility and a peace that God gave to the believer. So how much are we a believer? How strong is our belief today? Is our belief strong enough Obviously, you're in the house today, so you love God. Because part of loving God and part of the strength of our hope is that we go and worship. The house of God, it doesn't save you. You know, nothing saves you except the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But when we go to his house, we take time apart. Old Testament, Old Testament said if they didn't honor the Sabbath, they could be killed. That's how strict... And how powerful the Old Testament was. And God said, I'm going to send a Savior to relieve them of these restrictions and give them a free will. And they can worship me if they want to. So you're here today because you want to. And God wants his people to give that hour, that Sabbath. Our Sabbath is the first day of the week, which is Sunday. He wants us to get that day in worship. And, and I'm preaching to the choir because you're all here. But God is blessed because you're in his house. And God is blessed because you show that you honor him and you worship him. So this peace that was birthed is in our hearts. I hear the word of God in Ephesians 2, 13 and 14. It says, Now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. So what's going on, church? What's going on that there seems to be so little peace? Now, I know if we're talking about the peace of Jesus, that's a different thing. But how about the peace in our world? Does the peace of Christ in us supersede the peace that's lacking in the world? Because it doesn't matter what happens in the world. We have his peace. It's in us. So so what's going on in Christianity today? You know, why are our church doors closed? Why, Why is there fear rampant? You know, we are supposed to be a nation, one nation under God. So if we're one nation under God, we do not fear. Now, we, under, we honor certain things, you know, if somebody's coughing and sneezing, we're not going to walk up in their face, you know, let's be serious about that. But beyond that, if we do what's right and we worship God and we trust God and we believe God and we're people of faith, then fear does not strike our heart. We see the fear. And it runs through us and then we say, no, there's no fear in Christ because he is our peace and he lives in me and he will take me through whatever is given to me. So what's going on? Why is Christianity not as strong as they should be today? Well, it's Revelation 12, will tell you. Revelation 12:9. It says, the enemy, the great dragon... The old serpent, the devil, Satan, he's the deceiver. And he's out to deceive, not the, not so much the world, however he deceives them, but he wants to deceive the believer. He wants to deceive those who trust in God. And so this is what's going on today. He's, the enemy is harassing the saints. He's re- harassing with loss. He's harassing with division. He's harassing with lack of peace. He's just harassing the saints of God. He's harassing the church. The large churches, they have a difficulty to worship because, you know, there's so many of them. And the enemy knows how to harass the people of God. But God's people, who has God in them, knows how to harass the works of darkness. You know, that's what we're supposed to be, church. You know, we're, we're not supposed to take it laying down. We're supposed to stand on the word of God and to trust God in the face of all things. Because he's here, he's in us, he's with us, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. I know sometimes when you go through a trial or a tribulation or heartache or loss, in that moment you feel forsaken. But it is only a trial of your faith. And when you push ahead and when you get into the Psalms and you encourage yourselves in the power and the word of God, you will make it through your crisis and you will experience his peace and no fear is in the child of God. Now, the antidote for our fear today, and I shouldn't say our fear because nobody here fears But the antidote for the fear that's in the hearts of people today is 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. Now, not only do you cast it on him, but you are sober, you're vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The church has not been taught enough about the works of darkness and the devil and the dragon and the serpent because he is alive and well, and he's walking in the midst of the earth. But one day he's going to be defeated. One day he's going to be cast out, and the pit of hell is reserved for him. But until then, we have to have the energy and the faith and the desire to trust God in the midst of our circumstances because we have an adversary. Have you ever had an adversary at work? Have you ever had an adversary in your family? Have you ever had an adversary for a neighbor? Everybody knows what an adversary is, don't we? But this is an adversary that's not going to give up. You can't make peace with him. You have to have peace with God. Because when you have peace with Christ and he lives in you, then you can overcome this adversary. Now the Bible says in verse 9, or verse 8, that he wants to devour us. The trial and the tribulation that you've been through is the enemy wants to devour us. And I tell you something, when you hear doctors' reports, you feel devoured sometimes. But... The Bible says in verse 9, resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Every time I go to the doctor, they want to go down the list of things that's happened to me. And they always want to raise up the word see. You know what I mean, don't you? See, I don't even give the good devil the word. And I look at them and they say, well, I say, That's what they say. They go like, but, and I said, no, that's what they say. I will not say yes. I will not say yes. I say, that's what they say. Because God will bring us through triumphant, and we must trust in him. I cannot give you any new message today except that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge That when fear comes to your heart, seek the knowledge of God. Open the word. The book of Psalms, David went through everything. He went through sickness. He went through heartache. He went through loss. He went through war. Open up the word of God. And you will see the power and the energy that is in the word of God. That's why we need the word of God. It's the only strength that we have in this hour. And so... This, Bible, this scripture says, verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions. They're accomplished in the world, you know, but they don't have God. They're accomplished in us, but we have God. That makes a difference. And the verse 10 says, because the God of all grace, who hath called you unto eternal life by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, he'll make you perfect He'll establish you, he'll strengthen you, he'll settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Church, understand we're in a journey to eternal life. Now when you get my age, you're going, oh yes, I know, I'm going to eternal life. When you're young like our young people, you don't think so much. Of eternal life until you pass that line of you know eighty or eighty-five, then you start thinking, well, time is limited here. But I want to tell the church there's no time in God, and God is faithful, and He says after you suffered a while, He'll 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 settle you, He'll strengthen you, you know, He'll make you perfect. And I praise God for the passages of Scripture. That we can cast our care upon him. So often we cast our care upon our loved ones. We cast our care upon our friends. We you know, we do all those things and that's okay. But when it all boils down to do we t- cast our care upon the Lord and trust in him with all of our heart. Remember Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. That... Scripture just sticks in my mind every time I have gone through a crisis with health. And I say, Lord, what is it you want me to learn? You know, Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. You know, we're following Christ. It's a crucified life. There is things that happen. We have to show our faith and our strength and our power in the midst of crisis. Galatians 2.20, in case... You don't know this. Let me remind you. It's that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You know, they can kill us. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I think every born-again believer knows this passage of Scripture. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh. That's where we are, at church. We're living in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christmas is many different things to the multitude of people on earth. Sometimes it's a sad season. Sometimes it's a worrisome season. Sometimes it's a party time. All sorts of things take place in the holiday. But to the believer it is sim- it is sincerely a gift day. The greatest gift cannot be purchased with money. You can't run to Walmart today and get this gift. It- It was given to us at Calvary. It's the life of our Savior. It's his shed blood that covered our sins and makes us whole. It requires our heart. That's our gift to God. And if I could say anything else to the church today, as I come to a close, that the greatest gift is that he gave his life for us, and you know that. But what is our gift to him today? Mark 12:30, we quote it here all the time. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other great commandment than that. Who is it this morning that trips your trigger and you cannot love them? We're Christians. But people hurt us, and sometimes it's hard to forgive. But I want to say to the church today, the greatest gift that you can give to the Lord today is just your soul, your desires, your heart. And and, and just give it fully unto God and ask him to dwell in you. You know, David wrote in, in Psalm 31, and he says, Oh, love the Lord. All ye saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. Now, young people, you don't think about preservation, but when you're my age, you think about being preserved. <laughs> so he says, Love the Lord, you saints. He preserveth the faithful. Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. In the Old Testament, Deuteronomy thirty twenty, 20 says that thou mayest love the Lord thy God that thou mightest hear his voice that thou mightest cleave unto him for he is thy life and listen he is the length of thy days so when we think about this this is our moment to love him to cleave unto him what does that mean stick close because there's things happening in our earth today that's calling us to come close. Come closer than we've ever been. He's here. He's our Christ. He's our Savior. And he's going to be our soon coming King. Now, I want to give you this final scripture. And I want you to hear what's going to happen as our world comes to a close. It's found in Mark 13:25 and 33, and it's the red letters. It's Jesus' words. The stars of heaven shall fall. The powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he'll send his angels, and they'll gather together his elect from the four winds. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not pass away. And of that day and that hour, no man knows, not even the angels which are in heaven, neither Jesus, neither the Son, but the Father knows. And then he says, take heed, watch, and pray, for you know not when that time is. So till then, he's Jesus in us. Then he's King of kings and Lord of lords. Let us just bow our heads for a moment. And Jody, I will need you to come and help me, honey. Father God, thank you that you sent your son to dwell in us. And today, Lord, we thank you for the gift of truth. We thank you for the gift of your spirit. We thank you, Lord, for the emblems that you left they are gifts to us that remind us of your body and your blood that was shed for our gift of salvation lord in your word it says it's so great a salvation today lord as we receive these emblems i pray that we will feel the greatness of this gift that you've given to us not only Did you give us the gift of salvation, but you gave us the emblems that we might remember every time we take them, who you are, that you are the one who have given your body for us and you gave your blood for us. And today, Lord, as we receive these emblems, we bless the blood, we bless the fruit of the vine, we bless the bread, we bless the body. And we give you thanks, O God, because you are holy and just and true. So as we receive, O God, may we thank you for this gift. This gift that you have given to remind us of the price you paid for our salvation. For this we give you thanks. In Jesus' holy name we ask it. I want you to come this morning and receive the communion that we have. Please come from this side and receive and hold it and we'll take together once you can get the lid off. Manuel. Just lift the first seal and the second seal and we'll just give you a moment to get it together. The most wonderful thing of all is that the salvation is for all people. All nations All tribes, all villages, all worlds. And what you're holding in your hand is God's greatest gift to us. His broken body, His shed blood. And all that we can give back, all He needs from us is our love and our devotion. That we would have our heart and soul in tune with Him.